With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi line, and the gang is back together on a football Friday triple option. Once again, Femi Bebefe alongside Mike Palm, the VP of operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick and a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes. Gentlemen, how are we doing? It's been a while since all three of us have been together. The bye week are over, right? right. Are we going to go? <laughs> what are you? Do you ever leave town? I know. Hell no. <laughs> you need a bye week, though? No, we, want no bye weeks needed. Okay. Like, like Belichick and Brady said, no days off. No days off. So okay. we're, we're getting after it. Hey man, I highly recommend my bye week. <laughs> yes. How was uh, your birthday? Oh, it, was, it was fantastic. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank, no, it's congratulations. It's appropriate <laughs> because 54 was not easy. <laughs> getting to 54 was not easy. It's been thrilling. It's been exciting. It's suspenseful at times, mm. uh, but happy to be here at 54. Happy to be with you guys as well. Yeah. So, well, How was your trip to Wrigleyville? You know, it's a beautiful setting um, to watch that game there. And we were on a rooftop across yeah. from Wrigley and, and left field in a great spot because we could see both end zones. Um, and there's some seats inside the stadium that were worse than what, what our seats right. were. Um, you know, and then the game starts and Iowa gets three 15-yard defensive penalties on Northwestern can't score <laughs> and you're just like what's happening you know when they get to the 35 it goes into park they're oh, not yeah. going to go forward and so I had bet over 30 and a half I'd bet over 31 I'm thankful that the state of Illinois does not allow you to bet on your app on Illinois college teams mm-hmm. um, you have to do it over the counter because I would have kept probably betting this game mm-hmm. uh, and then I thought well we're going to get lucky because they tied it at seven with two minutes to go I said a couple overtimes a lot of twos <laughs> I can still get there who knows I mean Whoa. they go three 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 two 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 it gets to 31 um, but uh not to be, they complete the long pass and the kid nails it. I was calling for them to please carry Brian Ferentz off on your shoulder and then just dump him somewhere. And don't take it back. <laughs> I mean, the Iowa fans were something. No, they were all, it was 95%. Oh, yeah. Every time they ran in, they're like, great call, Brian. I mean, the oh, whole no. game. It's, no. it's that kind of vibe there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that'll be tough. Hey, only three oh. weeks left of the regular season, Hawkeye fans. And they're going to mm. be in the Big Ten Championship gonna, game. Actually, yeah, What's the actually. number? 26, 27? Oh. Oh. Team total five and a half against Michigan? 
again, I'm, I'm just I projecting mean, yeah. out Mitch could be lower against Ohio Especially State. if Michigan has something to prove in that game. They're trying to <laughs> tell everyone to shove it after what might happen later on today. Yeah. Uh, we will be keeping our eyes on the uh, the Twitter streets to see if Michigan, any sort of punishment happens in college football. Uh, there's reports that Jim Harbaugh will be on the plane one way or another according to sources. So uh, the College Football National beat writers, of course, uh, uh, very, very busy. So we'll be finding out what happens with that maybe later in the show. Could be later on this afternoon. But we do have a fun show on deck for you guys over these next two hours. Joining us in 30 minutes, Chad Brown, former NFL player, now turned analyst for Westwood One. We'll discuss the NFL, maybe talk a little bit of college football, but we'll get his thoughts on the NFL, his midseason takeaways now that we are well underway in week number 10. Then in hour number two at 1130 West Coast time, 230 Pacific, or rather 2.30 Eastern, I should say. Uh, Michael Calabrese, college football betting analyst over at the Action Network, will join us to give out his college football card for the weekend. It's not as big a weekend as we saw last week, but still like a really important weekend as now that we're heading into the month of November here where the games really start to get important all across the country. But first, let's talk about the thrilling, exciting, captivating Thursday night football game that we saw last night. Chicago Bears beat the Carolina Panthers 16-13. to this one was ugly, gentlemen. Mm. Did you guys bet this? I bet it. You did. I bet it. I, okay. I took the three and a half of the Carolina Panthers, and I'm glad I won, but I'm, I'm a little upset that I actually watched the game. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's the you? only reason why to watch it, right? Because <laughs> you had to bet on it. Yeah, I, I advocate. I said, hey, yeah. if you're going to watch this game, make sure you find either a side right. total or a prop, something to have on this game because it's going to be a tough one. But what were, what were your guys' takeaways from the game as the Bears improved three and seven, and now two and two under Tyson Bajan? Well, you know, Young is is it's hard to see the upside for me yeah. with with Young and even his some of his mechanics when he's able to get outside the pocket the mechanics are bad too. Yeah, he's he's I said he looks small from week one. He looks small behind these big offensive lines. Um, I don't know where they go from here. They're a long way off. I'll tell you something. The Bears with their defense healthy, they are good run defense. Mm-hmm. Teams aren't going to be able right. to run the ball, which is a handicapping angle going forward with the team that you might not feel inclined to bet on all the time. But I, I think that's an angle you could do. I know when we were talking about props yesterday on primetime, I said I would look only at receiving props on the Carolina side because I don't even know how long they're going to try to run the right. football, which they what they run it for 40 yards. I mean, yeah. it, it was nothing. 16 attempts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, then you got to get the kid to complete the passes. But um, I, I was interested in this game because I kept asking Jeff Benson and Derek, how many people are going to get like a little jiggy like Femi and use the Bears and Survivor this week? <laughs> right? Because you do those zigzag moves and use teams. Get a little frisky. A little frisky. And frisky. I, can't, I can't say it, obviously, because people still have to put their yeah. picks in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might surprise some people when when Jeff and Derek Ooh. announce it. To, mm. to, to, oh, man. Paulie uh, said five. No more than five. I said, okay. come on. I said 50. I Jeff Benson say. said 10. Derek yeah. said 25. Only because we'll see Carolina what is that fatable, basically, right? On I the mean, road is short week of the worst team, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense that way, but then whew, you're sweating though, a little bit. At some bit, point, right? you're going to have what? to sweat. Yeah. You're still in. I, told, yeah. oh, I hope you're yeah. still in. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, I didn't use the bears. Yeah. <laughs> no, we no, didn't. Yeah. So well. do, do, you have, do you have Dallas and Detroit still yep. available? Yep. And that's the so dilemma. that's the thing, right? Yeah, you can the use dilemma. the free square Dallas yeah. if you're confident in Detroit on Thanksgiving, yeah. which yeah. there are 397 of the 1153 that still have both, mm-hmm. okay. uh, which I think a, a large yeah. a large portion will use Dallas this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big advantage. Yeah. So, you know, getting to that game, though, guys, uh, like I, the only way I would ever yeah. bet that game would be on a teaser. Uh, and I know Michael Lombardi crushes you <laughs> sometimes <laughs> about teasers. He, says, like, he said everyone wants to tease and they call it a tease for a reason. 
no. Like, All right. Well, well Michael, um, I'll tell you what. Growing up here in Vegas and the Teaser Syndicate yeah. is the weapon they use against the books. And it, and it works out. I mean, think about it. Like, if you, if you tease Carolina at all, um, you were happy about that game, yeah. or certainly. Well, at least whatever you paired it with or however you want to uh, go forward with it. Um, but, you know, that game w- with the quarterback, you're on to something, Michael. I mean, or Mike, uh, it's like Bryce Young is a college quarterback still. Mm. He's not a professional quarterback yet. Um, and I know Herb Street was doing his best <laughs> to defend him and say, well, they need stuff around mm-hmm. him and all that. And well, yeah, that's true for a lot of bad teams, right? And, you know, Aikman got Michael Irvin, or Irvin was there before Aikman, and then certainly Emmitt Smith. I mean, eventually you're going to build some stuff. But what can you build with, with Bryce Young when, when he is at his peak in terms of size and strength, right? Uh, and it's only going to go downhill. You're only going to get hurt from here. And that's for any player. Uh, so uh, he's got a big uphill. Uh, and I don't know how they're going to fix it. And on top of the fact that they got Frank Reich, who I don't know if he's the right guy for that job either to build a roster and, and, and to, to have faith or have the confidence of the players. Because obviously some of the coaching decisions he made towards the end of the game were like, wait a minute, I thought you were an analytics guy. Uh, but yet you throw that out the window and oh, you try a 59-yard field goal. What was the timeout that he took that there too. on that third like, that I, too. Was, I was going crazy watching the game at home. And like the broadcast never even really no, brought it yeah. up. But I was like, are you guys not paying attention to it? Well, I was half on? asleep on that up there anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was telling my fiance, I said, Al's not on the back nine. He's in the clubhouse. <laughs> He's, He's in the clubhouse right now, ready to go home. But I mean, like the fact that it never got brought up on the broadcast and then like it ended up being a big factor yeah. when Chicago gets the football yeah. to where mm-hmm. the clock keeps running down. It's like, yeah, if only they had a third timeout to stop the clock. Sure. I, I could not believe that they took that timeout. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love the fact that Chicago threw the ball to get the first down. They too. did, yeah. And most teams would just eat the try to eat clock and uh, burn off time and then well, punt it away or whatever. But no, let's go win the football game. And so I love that. And you, you have no choice if you're Chicago. Though, I don't right? love it, though, Rich. I don't no. love it because I'd rather punt the ball back to him with 35. So what are they going to do with 35 seconds left? Mm-hmm. I don't want to give him a minute, a minute and 20. Mm-hmm. I just I, I don't think it's the percentage play because you might still be able to rush for the yeah. r- rush for the first down. There's so many game management decisions. That are, <laughs> I mean, bowls. So obvious. It helped him that they did that review. Okay, I'll take the 10-second runoff. It would have been perfect. Right. And you want to save a timeout if something goes wrong, if he gets sacked. What? He took the timeout. You get to 49, and then you score on the next play, and you let Stroud become a legend. I'm glad you said I'm glad you said something about, um, you know, punting it away, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and what was the phrase you just used in terms of uh, clock management or, or so, so like the analytics part of it, mm-hmm. right? Because here I am as a player, yeah. we would rather go for it. And, and so a lot of times on the sideline, we want to urge the coaches to say, look, let's win the game. Let's win the game. So from a betting standpoint, it really is a, um, a divergence of, of thought processes right there. And so when, when we're betting and then we watch teams and we see them try to make a decision out there and it's like, okay, why did they make that decision? That's why. A lot of times it does become an emotional decision out there. I go back to, you know, they talk about Cristobal and he didn't take the knee. Right. I go back to Oregon 
when Herbert and they beat Wisconsin in the, in that Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. and he had third and three. If they run the ball, they could have punted with 15 seconds left and punted from the plus 40. What were the odds Wisconsin could do anything with two plays left? Right. They threw the pass. They won. They go, whoa, what a great. But what? You were had the game one anyhow, and you might have run third and three and gotten it. I just think they're, it's too risky. The 45 seconds is more important yeah. to run that off the clock. I guess my whole point is that a lot of decisions on the sideline are more emotional than thought out. But are the players influencing those decisions? Yeah, so that's what it sounds yeah. like. Is it, is it, can a quarterback tell uh, sending mm-hmm. a punt unit and tell the coach, no, we got sure. this. Hey, we and go, and they say, on the, okay. Depends on the quarterback. Say, depends on the quarterback, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Quarterback like Peyton Manning or Straw, or yeah. even Patrick Mahomes. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times they could overrule. But then if you're Andy Reid, you're not going to overrule no, a, lot, no. a lot of times that way. But, uh, you know, from a betting standpoint, that's information that you need to have that a lot of those uh, decisions on the sideline are certainly emotional and impactful from a lot of players as well as coaches. If the Colts were, or Colts, if the Panthers would have won that game, was Zebra Flus getting fired this weekend? Hmm. I don't. I don't think so. It doesn't sound like they want to get rid of him right now. I was wondering if Frank Reich might get. Well, fired he's in his first year. Though. How are you going to fire him in the first year, Femi? It's, it, it, it's been an absolute disaster. But you're, you're supposed to be the QB guru and look yeah, at the offense. I don't know. I, I think it's too soon. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk more Panthers and get some other NFL news and notes on the other side. We're just getting warmed up here on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbafei, on VSN, the sports betting network. 
Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view the bang records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now and get access to everything we do through May 1st for only $120 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line here on a football Friday. Femi Abebefe, Mike Paul, Mike Pritchard hanging out with you guys here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Joining us in 15 minutes, Chad Brown, former NFL player, now turned analyst for Westwood One. He will join us as we get his midseason thoughts on the National Football League. We've now gone into week number 10. But uh, let's talk a little bit more. I, I want to ask you guys because you mentioned that Bryce Young, both of you guys sound really concerned going forward. But on the broadcast last night, they put up the predictable stat of, hey, here's how other former number one overall picks have done in their first eight, nine games. And all of them did pretty much horribly, like mm-hmm. whether it was Stafford, whether it was Trevor Lawrence, like all these guys who've been number one, like Kyler Murray, et cetera, et cetera. They've all performed poorly. Is there something that you're seeing? Is it just like the physical stature is why you don't really believe in the potential upside of Bryce Young? Because I go back to the draft process and everybody said, this is the guy who's the most ready to play. Like he's coming from a Bill O'Brien offense and he came to Alabama. It was well coached. He processes really well. He's a magician in the pocket. And now at the midway point, everyone wants to sell all their stock and buy CJ Stroud and Will Levis and all those guys. So like, can this be developed or is it sort of he's hit the his head on the ceiling, if you will? Well, one, the offense is too difficult for him, I think, um, to be honest with you, Femi. Uh, it's too cerebral, right? It's too, you're thinking way too much uh, out there as a quarterback. I don't like that. Uh, I don't think he's free. He, does, he doesn't have that freedom to play the game or have the game come to him. Uh, it's like he's being programmed. Um, and then, okay, let's get to the physical stature. Give me a quarterback in the history of this game, other than Fran Tarkenton, maybe, uh, that has had a high level of success with these dimensions at quarterback. Um, I mean, Doug Flutie was an incredible athlete, right? A great player in college. And then, you know, you get to the league and things kind of different. He had one good year, I think. I, th- I want to say he had one outstanding year. Drew Brees, if you want to use that equation, which I don't think you can because Drew uh, is a bigger guy. Yeah, a little bit more um, sturdy. Right, but that offense was totally made for him no. uh, and, and structured for him. Um, you know, I, I just go through the history of this game uh, and, and at, no, at no time that I can recall uh, a player of this stature having... Mm a high level of success and, and, and okay, what can you create for Bryce Young to help him have a high level of success? I mean, that's, is it the RPO offense that he was running a lot at Alabama and those types of things? Cause I don't like, they don't really do a whole lot of that with the Panthers and stuff. So it's like, I don't know, may, maybe they can do something schematically. I mean, obviously the personnel isn't really there. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen's your best pass catcher, which you don't really want that to be the case in 2023. But yeah, it's, it's not off to a good start. I don't, I don't, I don't want to sell my Bryce Young stock. Okay. I'm still holding right now, diamond hands, but it's. <laughs> We're not, we're not off to a good start. <laughs> this is one way I'll put it. But I still think there's a lot of football left to be played. If right. this continues in the second half of the what's, season, maybe it, uh, it, it gets a little bit bad. What's your stock? Well, I bet him to win Rookie of the Year. Well, come on. What do you, I mean, what do you sell it? You, you couldn't get anything for it. I mean, <laughs> which is why it's not time to stop. What's the stock? Hey, Femi. 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 Dump it. <laughs> dump we, it. We don't dump for zero. Okay. We don't dump for zero. <laughs> How tall is Tua? 
Tua, um, it's a good, probably maybe six, six feet. I was going to say like six yeah. feet, yeah. maybe. Yeah. maybe. Yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, probably five. Russell five. Wilson, we can go there too. Um, and I saw Russell play in college. And uh, Russell, um, he was a guy who had freedom in the offense. He would improvise. We know that, right? And he made a lot of things happen with his legs. Uh, but, you know, the ball was taken away from Russell a lot of times too. Uh, and, and that was successful for uh, Pete Carroll and, and Seattle, and that's why Russell got mad and wanted to get out of there and have Russell Cook and all that stuff. But um, no, I, I I hope Bryce survives long enough to see what he can do in the National Football League. Why is Stroud having so much more success? Well, this offense, uh, the West Coast style offense, is easier for a quarterback. You have so much freedom uh, within this offense. It's like uh, Brock Purdy, right? Um, there's so many teams running. A variation or or running the West Coast style offense and uh, it, it's such an easy offense because you don't have to worry about so many things uh, I'll never forget this John Elway was uh, MVP he was what 10 years 12 years in the league at the time and when Mike Shanahan came back to Denver he was like man playing football is easy now I, I never thought offense could be this easy uh, and that's the thing about this West Coast offense and so uh, I think CJ Stroud understands uh, he doesn't have a lot around him either right Nobody's saying that about C.J. Stroud and, and his uh, contingent of players around him. But uh, he is understanding where to go with the football. Your, your footwork in a pocket helps you. Uh, you understand what you need to do based on the, the number of steps you take in a pocket, based on why they're calling a certain play that they're calling. But you can run a set of core plays against any defense and not even have to think twice about it. I, w- I want to get your thoughts, Pritch. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a situation like what happened with Minnesota where you played with a quarterback who had no idea what the playbook was? Did you ever have anything remotely Never. close to that in your career? Well, I mean, this is really amazing what happened with Dobbs. This yeah, I, I mean, on purpose, somebody didn't have uh, knowledge well, of the playbook, right? right? <laughs> like, uh, like Brett Favre, right? I mean, <laughs> he didn't have knowledge of a lot of things. Uh, defense is all that. But, I mean, he was just raw. He was just, he was just a raw player and a great player. But... Um, didn't apply himself at that time. Um, but no, what Dobbs did is you can't even comprehend it. I can't. No player can. Uh, to have instructions in your headset until they cut it off and then to be able to process all that too in a game and still make plays with your legs, not even knowing the cadence, not even knowing what the offensive line is used to, uh, it, it is remarkable uh, that he was able to pull that off. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 a lot has been made about how smart he is, like mm-hmm. when he was drafted and all that yeah. stuff. But like, it really came to fruition last week, right? Like, I mean, the guy's probably the smartest guy in the league, you know, yeah. like, a a like a rocket scientist. <laughs> like, you know, like you can work at NASA if you wanted to, and like you see him be able to process yeah. all that sort of information. It really is uh, uh, quite the accomplishment. But an indictment Josh, against Atlanta, though, for also that, that. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, also that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a, not a good scene for the Atlanta Falcons. No. Uh, but this week, the Atlanta Falcons will be facing the Arizona Another. Cardinals, mm-hmm. who get their quarterback back in one Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray has returned. Jonathan Gannon told the media earlier this week, yes, he is the starter. You guys excited to see Kyler back? Now uh, 11 months removed from the torn ACL that he suffered last no. December against New England Patriots. 
I'm glad to see him back because I don't know if you can even book these Cardinal games anymore. <laughs> if, if, if they, that game went from tune seven and a half to thirteen, and they never yeah. had no shot. I yeah. mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, to have somebody. Did you guys get yeah. a lot of action on plus thirteen people taking the Cardinals? That's where we had to stop. Okay. We got a we got a few bets, and then that's where Did we you? stopped. But yeah. I mean, ludicrous. <laughs> seven and a half to thirteen. We've gone too far. Have we gone too far? Yeah. Maybe it should be twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as we continue the short quarterback section. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Kyler, I, does, does he present himself as any type of leader? And then on top well, of that, we be, just, well, first of all, this yeah. guy's all over him. He's oh, really? all in on Kyler Murray this weekend. He's this on weekend. the money line. Woo. This weekend money on line. the money wow. line. Plus 115. Okay. Call of Duty's come out today. Yeah. This guy's not even going to be near the stadium. I mean, he, this guy. He got a new chair. He, he's, he's, he's ready to go. He's got, got the X chair. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, sponsor, the X chair. Shout the, out to them. That's a freebie for you. What was the shirt he wore or something like that once he got that big contract? And uh, you remember, remember the shirt he I wore? It was like, a, it was Kid. like, um, um, something's getting paid. I can't really? remember. Yeah, he, he should have went play baseball. <laughs> like, he would have been better <laughs> off playing baseball. Sure says, I, I pause my game to be here. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, one because of the news and Dobbs and Gannon and Gannon, the credibility. You wonder if he has credibility yeah. in that locker room. Um, you got Buda Baker and other players, other star players that want to get out of there. Uh, it's a dysfunctional football team. It's a dysfunctional organization. I guess Kyler Murray is here to save the day now. I, I can't back that. I mean, again, I, I'd rather see it to believe it, uh, you know, before I kind of risk my bankroll out there in this football game. But can it turn, though, with this new regime? Because it feels like the Jonathan Gannon and Monty Ossofort regime is not kind of catering things to Kyler Murray. This isn't the Cliff Kingsbury and mm -hmm. Steve Kime regime where, I mean, Cliff is like probably enabler number one right. when it comes to these types of things here. I mean, we saw him on the Johnny Manziel documentary. Like, you want to see what Cliff Kingsbury's background is and with these quarterbacks? I think now with Gannon, maybe it is a little bit more structured and maybe Kyler Murray also senses the urgency of, hey, I have to prove myself to these guys because they don't know me just like how the last regime knew me. Like, I have to prove myself even though I have the big contract. Well, how about physically? We've seen Deshaun play one good game since he's right, been back. Right. Three this year. Right. One good game. I mean, how is he it, physically? Not all the other intangibles and stuff and leadership. I mean, you have to question that. And yet still, he's going to give him a much better shot to win yes. than Clayton Toon. So, I mean. Femi, in theory, what you say is true. But with this guy, I don't know why he would think he needs to prove anything to anybody. At the money, he's got a he's got a money. He's yeah. got the Heisman. He's got a trophy. Uh, he's got a statue. Uh, he's never had to prove anything to anybody his entire life, athletic life, right? So why is that going to start now? I mean, that's a fair point. That's just from an athlete. It's like he's. I mean, he would have to completely change who he is as a person in order to do what, what you're saying. I still like Cardinals money. <laughs> <laughs> Best quarterback on the field Sunday will be Kyler. Chad Brown joins us next. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly, be 21. That's about that time. The holiday is almost here, less than two weeks from Thanksgiving. 
Go out there and total wine and see what you got cooking over there. This is the Lombardi line. <laughs> Femi Bebfe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here hanging out on a football Friday. And joining us now to preview the second half of the season and give us some of his thoughts is former All-Pro, now a radio analyst over at Westwood One, the one and only Chad Brown joining us here on the Lombardi line. Chad, we appreciate the time as always. And now that we're halfway through this season, I guess what has kind of stood out to you the most from surprises, like whether it might be a good team or a team that you thought would be good that ended up being bad, what surprised you the most through the through the first half of this season? Uh, I think for me, it makes me have me on, guys. I think the, the biggest surprise team right now is San Francisco. To start the season with five wins in a row, and then now to drop the last four um, surprising parties, I think we had some questions and some doubts about Brock Purdy going into this year. But the 49ers slide over the last couple of weeks has been on their defense, which we thought was going to be an unstoppable unit. So it just goes to show the NFL is always on a week-by-week basis, and you've always got to reevaluate things almost every single week and re-slot things because you can't just assume a team that was a preseason favorite, as the 49ers were, are going to just glide their way into a playoff run. They've got to earn it on the field, and right now that defense is not getting it done for them. Chad, I want to ask you about a matchup in the AFC North this weekend. Um, We saw in week three, Baltimore, who wasn't fully healthy then, went into Cleveland and really dominated them. And it was really the only game that the Cleveland defense showed some signs of vulnerability. But Cleveland offensively does not convert third downs, and they can't keep their offense on the field. Now you go to Baltimore, where the Ravens just destroyed the Lions and the Seahawks in consecutive home games. This line's still sitting at six and a half under a touchdown. Is there any reason to think that Cleveland can keep this game close? I don't think so. I think Cleveland's got a tremendous defense, as you, as you talked about, but the offense and Deshaun Watson certainly leaves a lot to be desired, and Baltimore's now won four in a row, and they are maybe the hottest team right now in the NFL. I know the Eagles have only lost one game, but Baltimore, with the way they're playing, with the way Lamar Jackson's playing, not only is he an MVP candidate, but he has his offense operate at a very high level. OBJ is getting involved. There's a lot to be said for Baltimore. Um, but as far as Cleveland's offense, I'm just not feeling it. Chad, pleasure to talk with you again. Um, uh, I want to stay in the AFC North uh, with one of your former teams that you have intimate knowledge with, of course, uh, uh, and, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because so many people are making – uh, or, or creating noise about Pittsburgh and the fact that they're five and three and they've been outgaining every game, right? And they're not really out of sync offensively, but defensively, uh, the last few games are only allowing 17 points per game. Can you help us understand the job that Mike Tomlin is doing uh, with this squad? And can they cover? Can they cover three and a half or three points against Green Bay this weekend? Well, Green Bay is a work in progress, and yeah. Jordan Love is a real work in progress. He's going to be probably 15 to 17 Jordan Love throws where you are going to love those throws. They look great. They're on time. They're accurate. But there's going to be three to five throws in the course of a game where you're just like, oh, my gosh, this kid's got a long way to go. Um, you know, the Packers and the Broncos, I'm here in Denver, got together a couple weeks ago. And Jordan Love had that – Green Bay team in a position to win, but then he throws out, goes out and throws a game-sealing interception, uh, a really ill-advised throw on, on a third and long situation where it's like given some more experience, given some more time under center, hopefully he would be past that. 
I'm I'm seeing that kind of situation show up almost every single game for Jordan Love versus this Steelers team. And to your point, Pritch, Mike Thomas got them going in the, in the right direction defensively. T.J. Watt seems to make a game-saving or game-winning play almost every single week. Kenny Pickett in this offense, they, they are still a work in progress. The Steelers have given up 30 more points than they've scored over the course of the season. <laughs> I believe they're the only winning team where the point differential is favoring their opponents. But they're finding ways to win. So uh, I know Mike Tomlin is under a little bit of fire out there in Pittsburgh. Folks are looking for somebody to, you know, maybe take this team to the next level. But I think Mike Tomlin has done a tremendous job this year with the limitations of this football team, particularly this offense, and going out and finding ways week in, I mean, not week in and week out, but most weeks finding ways, finding ways to win. <laughs> That's funny. The, the local sentiment can be much different than the national sentiment because nationally, Tomlin's being talked about as one of the coaches of the year. And then locally, everyone's there clamoring for him to maybe fire Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. Here we're hanging out with Chad Brown, former NFL player, now an NFL analyst and college football analyst over at Westwood One. Well, here, Chad, let's, I want to talk about the team that is in the area that where you live in, right? In the Denver Broncos, because the, before the bye week, we saw them beat. Green Bay, like you mentioned, they also beat Kansas City, both those games at home. Do you think that the Broncos can kind of morph into a team that they thought that they would be this offseason? Maybe they can maybe make a playoff run sitting here currently at three and five in the second half of the season. This is going to be a great test uh, against the Bills on Monday night. Uh, is this Broncos team for real or were those last two wins a bit of fool's gold? I, I already talked about that Packers game and some of the mistakes that Jordan Love made and then playing a Kansas City team where Patrick Mahomes had the flu, and they caught Kansas City maybe at the perfect time. Um, so is that the case, or is this Broncos team actually going to be a team that could, to your point, make a wild card run as the season goes along? Vance Joseph, uh, Pritch is my former CU teammate, has gotten this defense turned around after they gave up that 70-burger to the Dolphins earlier this year. Uh, he's changed some personnel. He's changed some things schematically. And they're playing at a much higher level. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson seem to have kind of found a formula. Their Broncos ran the ball for 40 times against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and they limited Russell Wilson. I think he, he was 12 of 19 passing for 114 yards. Seven of those 12 completions were to running backs. So he's not pushing the ball down the field. Sean Payton's really trying to limit Russell Wilson, therefore limit the Russell Wilson mistakes that we saw far too often last year when Nathaniel Hackett was the head coach. So uh, could this be a formula for a playoff run? I don't necessarily think so. And I think this Bills game coming up and a couple of these next games for the Broncos, the Vikings with Josh Jobs looking like they've found things in the right direction. We've already talked about the Cleveland Browns, that very tough defense they have. And then the Miko Ryans, C.J. Stroud, and the Texans are you know a couple of games down the road for the Broncos. This stretch of game is going to be really revealing. And I look for this Monday night game against the Bills to – be a test for the Broncos. Can this formula they found over the last two weeks be replicated? You know, Chad, uh, get your thoughts too uh, on some awards here, midseason awards, because uh, I think uh, you'll you'll have some great insight on this. Defensive Player of the Year. Um, it's interesting because you know T.J. Watt is making a case for it. You, Garrett. I mean, all these guys are out there. Uh, who is your defensive player uh, of the year midseason so far? Uh, I, you know, we talked about T.J. Watt earlier on this call, and he's made some amazing plays. But Miles Garrett, man, I, I are you kidding me? <laughs> um, as, as a guy who, who who played 
that position, uh, not to that level, but play that position, that edge position. Uh, Miles Garrett does things every week that blows my mind. Um, he is literally that good and playing at that high of a level. Um, we are being rewarded as football fans with some of the best edge guys in the last 20 years, all almost competing every single week to see who can put together the most dynamic performance or the most game-winning play. So whether it's Bosa in San Francisco, I know his sack numbers are down a bit, whether it's T.J. Watt, whether it's Miles Garrett, um, there are some amazing guys playing on the defensive side of the ball, and Miles Garrett right now is my defensive player of the year. Chad, before we let you go, we got to ask you about the Buffs. You're in Pritch's Colorado Buffaloes. <laughs> they are a 10-point home underdogs this weekend against the Arizona Wildcats. Has kind of the shine has started to sort of wear off here of Coach Prime in the Colorado Buffaloes, at least in this first season. Do you think that they can keep things competitive on Saturday? And, and what's going on with the play calling? Man, the, the, the Buffs are finding themselves in a bad spot. After, after a great start to the season, gathering you know the whole college football world's attention and ESPN College Game Day and Fox Big Noon kickoff kind of following them around like they were groupies as they were moving around the country. <laughs> it was amazing to watch. But to your point, the shine has come off. And now we've got this Sean Lewis, former head coach at Kent State, offensive coordinator with Colorado Buffaloes, but kind of being demoted for Pat Shermer, longtime NFL coach. who uh, He was a guy who was the offensive coordinator for the Broncos a couple years back didn't move the Broncos offense forward at all and then get the play calling responsibility last week for the Buffalo and doesn't help them either. Now he called a little bit more run plays than Sean Lewis called, which kind of protected that offensive line a bit more. Um, but the results were still the same. So Arizona's playing some really good football. They may be the hottest team in the Pac-12. I know Washington and, and, and Oregon are top five, uh, top 10 football teams. But the hottest team right now in the Pac-12 is, is Arizona. They're playing such great football, so I can't see the Buffs really find a way to compete and keeping it close on Saturday. And point spread yeah. right now over in Boulder. He is Chad Brown, former NFL. And you were selling yourself short about Miles Garrett. You were a couple two-time All-Pro as That's well. Right, Don't sell yourself short, all right? So Chad Absolutely. Brown joins us as always. Check him out over at Westwood One. We appreciate it as always, Chad. Be well. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least. 
as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook, this week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line, hanging out with you guys from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe, Mike Paul, Mike Pritchard. Thank you to Chad Brown, former NFL player, former two-time All-Pro he was trying to sell himself short there, talking about I, my, my game was never as good as Miles Garrett. No, his game. Obviously, Miles Garrett is a very, very special player, yeah. but Chad Brown could play. Chad played inside played linebacker the and then moved outside to rush the quarterback. Um, but he could play inside, outside. I mean, he could play all over the field. Great athlete. Uh, we recruited him. He was a tight end when he first got to see you. Uh, and then they moved him over to the defense side of the ball, and he just solidified everything we were about uh, on that side of the ball and then continued uh, with that all-pro career. Where do you go to high school? Like, um, Pasadena, Pasadena Muir yeah. High School. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, really good athletes. Uh, uh, and Chad was one of those guys. I asked him a long time ago, how did you get out of California? How did you not go to SC or UCLA right there? And uh, he's like, I just fell in with Colorado. So it worked out because uh, we were happy to have him. And uh, like I said, he went on to an all-pro career. Well, Matt could get those guys out of Southern California. He could. He could. He could. <laughs> I got a great story. Uh, I don't know if we have enough time. Please but, share. Okay, well, we, we got time. It's, we got time. it's in regards to, like, uh, one of the players, like, he recruited South Central. <laughs> he got sitting back. So he rec- story time with Coach, Uncle Prince. Yeah, that's right. Coach Matt would recruit. He would go into South Central. I mean, Compton, South Central, yeah. everywhere, right, and get uh, a lot of prominent players. And at that time, a lot of prominent players are also getting recruited by Nebraska. <laughs> so <laughs> Coach Mack went into um, one prominent player's home and told his mom, we're saving your son's life. If he goes to Nebraska, he can't come back home. He can't wear red in this neighborhood. <laughs> he said that to the family, right? Oh, my God, we were dying when we heard this recruiting story. <laughs> but Coach Mack was serious. Uh, and I think he convinced his mom to help convince his son to end up in Colorado. Which Coach Mack had a point. Because if he went to Nebraska, he could come neutral home. Colors. <laughs> can't wear neutral no. colors of no. Colorado. <laughs> neutral. <laughs> neutral right? Exactly. Colors. Black and gold. Yeah, that's right. Colors. That's right. But with that right. gray dry fit. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and, and we we didn't have all the uniform changes too, like Coach Matt, Coach Prime has right now too. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you you wore the all black uni. <laughs> when he told me that story, I mean, we fell out, but he was he had a point. Coach Mack had a point. Uh, so uh, Nebraska lost out on on a, on a guy who should be in the College Football Hall of Fame. I think he will be soon. 
Awesome. You, you'll tell us who that is during the break. I'm sure will. I'm sure will. <laughs> Thank you'll you. tell us when he goes into the hall. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's uh-huh. when we'll get the story. Uh, that's a, a college football recruiting is unbelievable. Oh, it I'm is. Sure there's even, Brilliant. I'm sure there's some other stories as well that oh, yeah. maybe we cannot share on the air. But uh, <laughs> well, what, what we can share on the air is that we can break down some of these NFL midseason awards because we've gotten to the midseason point. Right now, over at DraftKings, the MVP favorite is Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. Kind of a co-favorite situation, tri-favorite, if you will, between Lamar, Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Uh, Mahomes, obviously, the reigning MVP here. But now that we're halfway into this season, there's some other names that people, I think, could be uh, eyeing as we get into the second half of the season. But what do you guys make of this MVP race that, to me at least, through nine weeks, feels a little bit wide open, although Lamar tends to be the guy that people are leaning towards right now? I'd be insulted if I was Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Why For those two to be co-favorites, they're not even having yeah. close to their best years. No. Um, and we talk about the weakness of Kansas City is their offense. Oh, their quarterback's the MVP. Look, they're killing people. Lamar should be even money. He should be plus 140. I mean, that's to me is embarrassing that he isn't. And because people want to th- think about his failures in the play. They have mm-hmm. nothing to do with the way right. they're playing right now. Right, right. Chad Brown's completely right. They are the most dominant team in football right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And, and they're showing it weekend. They were the walking wound in the first month of the year. Right. They inexplicably do lose that game in Pittsburgh. Tomlin just somehow wins these games. Yeah. Right. But they domi- they've dominated everybody else. They're really, really good. I couldn't get over that Detroit game. Detroit looked like a high school football team against them. <laughs> they did whatever they want. Holding. All right. There's a pass for 21. First and 20. Holding on second. That's second and 18. There's a pass for 24. Goff could never get comfortable. Mm-hmm. They couldn't run the ball. And ball. I mean, Baltimore is really good. And Jackson's playing at a great level. I mean, plus 350, I think, is a steal at this point. And you can, I don't know if you can find it higher in the market for me, but to me, unless he gets hurt or something dram- dramatically happens to this team, these wide receiver injuries mm-hmm. might plague Cincinnati here for a time. Higgins might be out for a while. I think. I think Baltimore wins the North. I know their schedule is not a piece of cake. There's a lot of tough games. There's really only one game you can say is a check mark. But I think they probably can get the one seed. I think they win the North. They'll have a bye. I, I, you know, I know the the MVP. What is it? Has come from the one or two seed in a conference in oh, yeah, it's what? Like, it's, you know, a, it's almost it's ten really, years. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. So I, but I think it's Lamar. That's well, my opinion. So the nine touchdown passes doesn't kind of hold you back a no, little bit. Okay. No, it does not. Okay, because, because he does so much. Yeah. More. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, because he won MVP that way before, uh, and and I think if you look at quarterback play, it's down. I mean, Josh, Josh Allen yeah. has great stats, but he's really throwing the ball up for grabs a lot of times, and his turnover rate is incredible. Is this the year for some other position to win it, though? Like Christian McCaffrey, what was he, 14 to 1? Yeah, he's in that um, range. Yeah, so if, if San Francisco gets going again uh, and Christian McCaffrey falls out, like, it, could he win MVP? I don't think so. Okay. But I do, th- I like the point that you bring up, Perch, though, like mm-hmm. the fact that. This, if there were ever were a year that yeah. a non-quarterback could win it, this is what it would look like mm-hmm. with the QB stats being kind of subpar compared to last right. uh, the last handful of years or so. Because Lamar, I mean, you look at his QBR; he's 11th in QBR in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he's still plus 350. If if he had the gaudy passing numbers, he probably would be the even money price that yeah. you think he should be. But it's sort of we're all looking around and waiting for one of these quarterbacks to have like a gaudy stat they're, season, and nobody's really doing it. They're putting up 35 plus points a game here mm-hmm. since they got healthy and what's around him i mean what do you say well they great running backs no great receivers well, they no. got four first round receivers yeah. on that roster 
<laughs> do you look at any of um, them and say that that's the key to their offense? No, 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 not at all. Even Andrews. Um, yeah. It's all Lamar. You're right. It, I mean, Lamar has embraced this new style of offense. It's a, it's a precision offense. And uh, and then he's still doing what he does with his legs, which helps them sustain the ball, sustain uh, drives and score uh, points. What about Tyreek Hill? See, that's at, another one. At 40 I, yeah. to 1 right now. Over at 40 to 1. I know. That's crazy, crazy to think about. But He might have 2,000 receiving mm-hmm. yards, maybe 15 to 17 touchdowns, 100-plus catches. But then offensive player of the year, is that that's his award for that, right? Yeah. I, and that's why. I, I like Stormy's point. It's that Cooper Cup won the triple crown and didn't, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. that? So, yeah. Didn't uh, have 2,000, though. Lombardi thinks that it's, he's, he should be live for MVP because yeah. he changes mm-hmm. the game. He changes yeah. the way you have to defend yeah, he does. the field. And um, but I don't. I can't get there. Okay. And I'm I'm not a Lamar fan. I've never been a Lamar fan. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. I look at and watch this team with my eyes, and I think he's playing at the highest level of anyone. And what he he is by far the most valuable to his team. Yeah. I, the way that I kind of like break down this market, I sort mm-hmm. of think about it is that Jalen Hurts right now is at plus 350. I think the yep. Eagles schedule the next five weeks is a gauntlet. Yep. They're probably going to pick up a couple losses. Okay. Patrick Mahomes, their offense isn't what it's been in the past. I think honestly this boils down to whoever wins the AFC North wins MVP. Mm. Like if Joe Burrow, Burrow and the Bengals won the AFC North and overtook, I, we see those guys next Thursday. Bengals at Ravens. That's gonna yeah. be a hell of a game. Whoever wins that division, I think is gonna win this. I game. don't hate him at seven to one. Obviously the odds yeah. are better, and and you you excuse the first part of the year because of the injury, and now here they come again. Yeah, yeah. And they do this every year. Well, big test <laughs> coming Halloween up. Every year. <laughs> big test coming up because you got yeah. T Higgins with the hamstring yeah. situation yep. now, and then Jamar Chase banged up too. So, uh, I mean, if if Burrow pulls off some things without those two guys, then absolutely he makes a case for MVP. (laughs) I heard this case and I don't know if I necessarily agree with it or believe it can even happen. A lot of people seem to like, and a lot of people in the analytics community seem to like Josh Allen as an MVP guy. And he's sitting there at 21. I, I hear you. Mm. That's they're sitting at five and four. Mm-hmm. They would pretty much have to like run wait, run yeah. the table yeah. for him to win the award. Yeah. But it we've never seen his five. We, we've never seen his price be this big at twenty to one before. Right. And we've heard a lot of people in their midseason columns say, despite the losses and despite Buffalo not having the good vibes, Josh Allen's still the midseason MVP. Well, he's going to put up numbers because they throw the dang ball so much, though. They it can't is. run. They, can't they run. haven't been able to right. run the whole time right. he's been there. Right. He's their only runner is exactly. him. Which one you talk and about? they've never solved this problem. Mm-hmm. When you get to the playoffs, they can't convert third and two and three. Yeah. They can't hand the ball off. Right. Philadelphia's going to run it twice and get it. That's a huge <laughs> advantage. Suit it really is. Brotherly shove first down. <laughs> let's do it. Let's let's divert this for 30 seconds. Okay. Where do you put the blame for the Cowboys loss? I, I was thinking Ooh. of you watching that game, how frustrating that game had <laughs> to be. Where do I put the blame? Yeah, where, where, where do you, you assess it and moving forward, what are the lessons from that game? The, the offensive line obviously did not hold up well, but they were kind of held out on an island. Steele, he had a rough day at the office at right tackle. I thought Dak played well. I don't want to blame him. I mean, I guess you could put it on McCarthy. But defensively, that third quarter was rough, though. I one thought. quarter. The one quarter. quarter. I thought that, yeah, they had one, one quarter. quarter. Yeah. But they can't. They keep, when they're behind, the red zone is so bad. Yeah. They're only a front-running team, which is why I don't care. I'd lay 17 with them because this is the games that they do this. But when they get in this crunch time, they're it's, bad in the red zone. Leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. It leaves a lot to be desired. That game was uh, gettable. And, uh, they it was didn't very get frustrating. It. They didn't get it. It was incredibly frustrating. Oh. I watched it at Bar Canada. <laughs> the, the final. <laughs> a lot of folks invested in that game, as I, as I learned. Uh, hour number two is coming up next here on the Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.